Welcome to the Campus Rush Podcast. We believe that God will speak through this word and meet you right at the point of your need. We hope that God will bless you through this message. Anytime God is getting ready to use anybody, he blesses the individual with a divine encounter. If you look back into the book in Exodus in the Bible, you realize this one thing that before Moses is able to move, he encounters a burning bush. Anybody heard of that story, the story of the burning bush? He encounters a bush that is burning, barrister, but yet the bush is not consumed. And he asks himself, why is the bush burning yet not consumed? And the Bible begins to say in Exodus 3, the earlier chapter, earlier verses, from verses 1 all the way down, that a voice begins to speak to him out of the bush and begins to affirm his next step and the purposes of his life. Anytime that God is getting ready to use an individual, he blesses the person with a divine encounter. A divine encounter. An encounter is what you require as a license for a new move. The Bible will begin to allude in in Acts 9, and this is what we're studying in this series of the life of of Paul, the life of Pablo. You understand this, that we, we read it last week, that before Paul could even knew that he was called into ministry, what happened was this. What happened was that he was walking on the road on his way to Damascus and all of a sudden, the Bible says a light shone from heaven all the way down to him and all of a sudden he heard a voice and the voice said, why are you persecuting me? It was that divine encounter. But let me take it a step further that many times in order to get to what God wants us to do, he will take us through multiple encounters of breaking before we get to the condition he can use for us to move. Understand this. Paul encountered God on the road to Damascus, yet he was made blind. Bible said a young man had to hear a voice and the young man struggled with the voice of God. He didn't know, is this God telling me? The Bible says his name was Ananias. And he didn't know, is this God that's calling me to be able to lay hands on this man? Because I can't believe that the same man that was persecuting can be the same man that is used of God. I don't know why I'm led this way tonight. But I have a stirring and an impression in my spirit that somebody has been doubting the call of God on your life. Experiences are not an excuse not to flow in the calling that God has called you for. Setbacks are not an excuse not to serve God. Struggles are not an excuse. They're not a reason to throw in the towel. Issues are not a reason for you to say that I cannot be used of God. In fact, God specializes in using individuals in the Bible who have issues. Any man and any woman that God uses many times in the Bible, if you look at it, they come from a complicated past. Let's look at David. How could God use a man who was an adulterer? Slept with another woman that was not his wife, but yet God used him. Paul, persecuting believers, but yet God used him. So what is your excuse? Why do you believe that God can't use you to the capacity that he's always ordained for you because of a setback? What is a setback? A setback is simply two things. It could be a stumbling block or a stepping stone. You decide. 
you decide. Anytime God is getting ready to use an individual, I don't know why I feel the Jeremiah anointing tonight. It's an anointing that comes upon me to speak what is not favorable in the moment, but what is God's word for the moment. That's the Jeremiah anointing. I don't know why I feel it so strong tonight. Someone needs to hear this. Anytime God is getting ready to use you, he gives you a divine encounter for a divine assignment. Now, I've come as a prophet tonight, as a, as a believer, as a man of God, to tell you that if you're in this room, God has a special assignment for you. Can someone say amen to that? I mean, God has a special, a divine assignment for you. The Bible says, and I love it so much, the Bible would say that after Paul spent time, pastor, he spent time with the disciples, the Bible said, then the disciples and the apostles heard from God, and, the, the, and God said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for a special assignment that I have for them. Special assignments come but don't forget where this story started. This story started with a man who was not, did not have the pedigree, who did not have the degree to be speaking the word of God, but yet God used him, transformed his life with a divine encounter. And after that God encounter, he began to move. So what you should be praying for in this season is, God, give me a fresh encounter. Am I, am I clear tonight? Your prayer is not God. Use me to do miracles. Miracles are great, Pastor Ryan. God, use me to raise the dead. Pastor, it's incredible. We will raise the dead as well. How many people want to see the dead raised? You want, to, you want the anointing? You receive it. You receive it. You'll see it. You'll see it. Pastor, we want the eyes of the blind to be opened. You will see it. You will do it. God will use you to do it. God, I want, you know, Pastor, I, I'm a church, I want God to use me to do signs and wonders and miracles and teach the word of God and, and the power of God. That's great. But the power of God is endowed upon a man after an encounter. Why would God give somebody something they don't know how to operate? The only way you will realize how to operate and flow in an anointing that is so heavy is when you have encountered the God of the anointing. People want the grace, but they don't know the God of the grace. They want the anointing, they don't know the God of the anointing. They want the power, they don't know the God of the power. So then they operate in signs and wonders, but the source is not Yeshua Mashiach. The source is not Yahweh. The source is not Jesus. But I've come to submit to you tonight, if I have three people that believe here, get to know the God of the fire. Get to know the God of the anointing. Get to know the God of the oil. When you know the God of the oil, your oil will never run dry because you know the source somebody say I know him please have a seat it's the God of the anointing and that comes from an encounter it comes from a divine encounter it comes from you experiencing a divine encounter with God let me show you an instance in the Bible In Acts, where we will see this demonstrated. Acts 19 verses 13 says, a group of Jews, a group of Jews were traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. That meant they had a measure of power. 
they tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantations, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Verses 14, seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time they tried it. The evil spirit replied, I know Jesus. I know Paul. But who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. How is this possible? If you have anointing, you have power, you have unction, how can you go against a demon and the demon not come out? But pastor, we're all anointed. We all have power. Why would, then, then I have a question for you. So if we all have power, we all have anointing, then how come the demon didn't come out? The Bible says they were going around casting out devils. That means they'd done it before and it worked. So how come this time it didn't work? It's because when it came to this level of a mountain, that level required a certain measure of power. And they didn't have the license to operate at that level of casting out devils because it was authority sensitive. They didn't have enough power in the realms of the spirit. They didn't have enough authority in the realm of the spirit. Now watch this. This is what happens is that for every new level, there is a measure of encounter God is looking for from you. So in this season, if God is giving you a load that is this big, it means that you are to search and have a relationship with God that is equivalent, if not more, than the load you're carrying. Pastor, how come the Bible would say or how come a lot of people say that God wouldn't give us anything that we can't handle? I believe that, but I have an amendment to that. Yes, God will never give you something you can't handle because the clause is that you will begin to seek him so he'll give you the grace to handle the weight. So that because, because, because you have a weight that you think you can't carry doesn't mean that there's not grace for it. Obtaining the grace is on your merit. So it's up for you to be able to go and seek God to get the grace to be able to carry the load. It doesn't mean God's going to stop giving you the load. It means that it's dependent on you to go and search out for the relationship to be strengthened so you have the anointing to cast out the demon. So in this scripture, what is happening is this, is that they tried to go and the demon spoke back to them. Be crazy. Casting out a devil. You haven't been in, <laughs> you've been in some experiences. And the devil is speaking, the demon is speaking back to you. And the demon is saying, Jesus I know. Paul I know. Why? Because they had a measure of relationship that gave them access because of an encounter that they had. Paul had an encounter and I'm going to show you how you get that measure of power in a second. Paul had that encounter and based upon that encounter he was now privy to a level of authority and anointing and power in the realm of the spirit to the point whereby hell knew him. How popular are you in hell? How popular? How popular? I want to be with the angels, the 24 elders bowing down before God. It's great. But I want there to be a wanted sign in hell for me. Oh my God. Y'all ain't with me tonight. I'm, I, you know, I don't want to be wanted sign. 
I want there to be a wanted sign. Why? Because if I'm popular in hell, it means I'm doing all right in the kingdom of light. I'm telling you, I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but you need your reputation in hell to be massive. You need demons to be saying, oh my God, she woke up this morning. What are we going to do? Oh my God, he woke up this morning. What are we going to do? Demons should be worried because you've woken up in the morning. The moment your eyelids open, hell should be in a frenzy because they don't know I prophesy your name is getting hotter in the realms of the in hell they will know your name in heaven they will know your name beneath the sea they will know your name above the heavens they will know your name because of the power of God somebody receive power so the priest but pastor he was a priest You know what a priest is a pastor. A priest is an apostle. But he was an apostle. He was a bishop. How would the demon, I'm talking about physically beating. I'm not talking about spiritually beating. They beat them. The demon beat, like it's not. It's, like. See now, don't worry. It's all a part of the, you know, the anointing. Part of the anointing. It is well. Hell is reacting. <laughs> the Bible says the demons beat them. Why? Because they didn't realize that for this kind, it came with a special level of anointing. You need to ask God for a special level of anointing. But that measure only comes by way of an encounter through sacrificing Jesus. That's how it comes. That's how it comes. I want to give you some few things. We know Jesus definitely, the demon would know Jesus, but how did that evil spirit, that demon, know Paul? It meant that Paul was operating at a special level. And I want to show you. I asked God, I said, God, show me, how did Paul operate at such a high level of power and anointing? He said, number one, he decided. He decided. Number one, he decided. Bible says in Acts 9 that after he had an encounter on his way to Damascus, on the road to Damascus, the Bible says this, that after that he went to the straight road where Ananias came and freed him. And after Ananias came and freed him, he never looked back. That's our problem. Some of us, we've been called and we're walking the walk of faith, but we are desiring the walk we just came out of. And so you are looking forward, but you're continually looking rare. How can you grow if you're continually looking here and continually looking here and this side is pulling you and that friend is pulling you, but you want to go to church, but the club is hot and it's summertime and you don't want to sin, but my goodness, it's summertime and everything is happening, but God, it's summertime and it looks as though around this season is when people want to begin to compromise their faith because the weather is hot just because the weather is hot doesn't mean you have to stop being a believer being a believer doesn't run from fall season to winter season and then begin to get faulty in the spring and the summer I prophesy you will stand firm you have to decide make a decision to stand for Christ and don't look back make a decision sit down please Paul made a decision he said listen I'm gonna walk this walk of faith 
I don't even care what happens. I'm walking this walk of faith. And because he decided and he never looked back, God rewarded his ability to sacrifice in that season. Don't you think that Paul was a high-level man in the other way? You know, he was killing believers. He had license to kill believers. He was a Pharisee. He was a Sadducee. He was so high up in the other, the other realm. Don't you think he had other friends that were telling him stuff? Let's put ourselves in the shoes. Can, can we not put our, our eyes of imagination on it and just begin to think of the fact that he definitely had some friends. He definitely had some people who were trying to pull him out of the walk that he was walking and tell him, yesterday you were killing believers. How are you now trying to save them? Yesterday you were with us turning up. How are you trying to be lifting your hands now? You see, people don't understand that when you have a God encounter, nothing else matters anymore. I mean, it's not even fun anymore to do what you used to do. I come to preach to somebody. Listen, you're maybe at that point in your life where you're contemplating, you're not sure you've been walking this walk of God and things are not going the way you're going. The walk of God is not just meant for blessings. Let me just burst somebody's bubble. We don't serve God for what we can get. We serve God because it's a privilege. We get to serve him. It's an honor to serve him because of the breath that is in our lungs. Because, oh my God. Oh my goodness. Take this thing before I spill it again. It's an honor. It's an honor. It's an honor to serve God. It's an honor. It's not a drag. It's not something that we are obligated. If you're coming to church out of obligation, I'd rather you stay home. Don't serve God because your parents told you to come to church. Don't just come to church because your friend brought you to church. They may have brought you to church for the first time. But afterwards, there should be a tugging on your heart and in your spirit to get to know this God of the fire. To get to know this God of the anointing. To get to know this God of the oil. We don't serve God for what he can give us. What he gives us is addition because of how much we love him. Out of our affection, please see out of our affection for him, he then reveals mysteries unto us, shows us things, shows us things. Paul decided. Next thing Paul did, as God was showing me how he obtained a certain level of anointing, he brought the same energy he had from persecuting believers to building believers. Someone say same energy. Say bring that same energy. No, no, you can say it. Come on, say bring that same energy. Some of us, the moment we cross over and we give our life to Christ, we act as though we never know, we never, we, we can't remember how it was like to be in that life. Can I, can I talk freely here? The moment we give our lives to Christ, we, we act as though we don't know how it is to be 2 a.m. having an idea to do something you know you shouldn't be doing. We act as though we don't know what it feels like to be battling between the spirit and the flesh. And so we begin to act fake and that is where religion is now built. Because we feel as though we have to act a certain way to be a certain person. But I've come to tell you that if we can just break the mold and be truly who we are. And bring the same energy from where we were to where we are now. We would win this city. We would win this nation. We would win this world. You will win your community. I'm not preaching 
to you tonight. I'm preaching to your children's children. They will watch this video in five, ten years, and they will say there was some crazy pastor who told us that if we could bring the same energy, we would save our generation. Imagine when God told me to start this ministry, I said, God, the only thing I know how to do is throw parties. I can't preach, but I can throw a good party. I'm a DJ. I can play music. I can throw a good party. That's all I know how to do. God said, if that's all you know how to do, the least you could do is bring energy every single time you step on the stage. And so what do I do? The energy I would have wasted in the clubs dancing on some girl I don't even know is the same energy I bring when I get on the stage that I say, God, I will give you everything I have. I will give you everything I have. My soul becomes wary of those that if we turn on some music right now, we'll be running around this place, but worship is on, and it's like you don't even know how to move your foot. How is that possible? We turn on some burner, you're all the way up. We turn on some hill song, and you, you don't even know what it's like to engage. It's not that you don't know how to dance, but it's because you feel as though the atmosphere, in one place the atmosphere was set another way. But in this place the atmosphere, I'm telling you, when you don't need an atmosphere, you have to bring your own atmosphere to where you go. Listen to me, when you wake up in the morning, you get up and you say, God, today I'm going to be happy. And you begin to live your life. For some of you, what you need to do is wake up, turn on some music, and give God all your energy. Bring that same energy. I'm telling you, bring that same. Someone say, I'm going to bring the same energy. Don't give God half. Please be seated. Don't give God seconds. No. 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 We'll go to raise and we'll jump. For somebody that can't do nothing for us. But the God who redeems us, the one who saves us, the one who frees us, we can't even give him an amen because of how somebody will think we look. What do they have to do with your relationship with God? I'm talking to somebody. What do they have to do when you go before the king of kings? It's you and the king of kings. Nobody will be there. It's you and the king. And the king of kings, the lord of lords will be saying, there was a date on May 16th, 2019. You went to campus, Russia, 156 Cleopatra. It was late in the evening and there was a call to give God a praise. Why did you not give me all? You think God doesn't see? He looks at everything. Even when you give your offering, he looks at the heart by which you give your offering. Everything is taken account and noted of in heaven. So when you appear before God, never give him half. It's not dependent on the atmosphere here. Your temple of praise is here. You all have to do, all you have to do is open it and release your temple of praise. All you have to do is say, I'm restoring the tabernacle of David, which is the temple of praise. And I'm going to open up my heart and allow the praise of God that is on the inside of me and the glory to be revealed. I'm giving you four seconds right now to open up your heart with a temple of worship and adoration and give God 100% energy on the count of three. Give him 100 
100% energy. I'm not talking about half. I'm talking about God made sure that in this time, at this age, you would be at this stage and you have this energy to give it to God. Right now on the count of four, give God all of your energy. One, two, three, four. Give him your energy. We give you us all of our energy. All of our energy. All of our energy. All of our energy. Some people looking at me. Pastor, I work today. I'm so tired. I had summer school. I'm so tired. I've been doing stuff all day. I'm so tired. Who's going to wake you up tomorrow morning? If you don't give God 100% energy, one, two, three, four, give Him your energy. We give it to you. We give it to you. We give it to you. All of our energy. All of our energy. All of our energy. All of our energy. what I'm talking about. Please be seated. We give all God, all of our energy. Slap three people beside you. Say, I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to give it to him. <sighs> Acts 19.11. I want to have time to finish it, so I don't want to go through all the points. Acts 19.11. The Bible says, God gave, can we read this all together? One, two, three, and go. Read it with energy. Go. Could you put your name there? Unless your name is Paul, could you put your name there? Here we go. One, two, three, and go. God gave coffee the power. I prophesy God is giving it to you. He's giving you the power to perform unusual miracles. Unusual, unusual. I feel a stirring. I feel a stirring. In this. Something is about to burst in this atmosphere. Something is about to burst in this atmosphere. Something is about to burst in this atmosphere. Verses 12. Verses 12. Verses 12. Quickly. The Bible says, when handkerchiefs, or aprons, my God, that had merely touched his skin or placed upon the sick. They were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. Do you know that God is bringing somebody here to that level of power in this room? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Does somebody understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? God is about to give you the unusual power to be able to allow your handkerchiefs to heal the sick. It didn't say he grabbed it. It said it merely touched his skin. Merely. Merely touched his skin. And as it merely touched his skin, this handkerchief had the power to heal people of all diseases. It didn't just say 
heal them. But it says that evil spirits were expelled. It means they were no more. Some of you guys, you'll be healing somebody and they'll come back and say they're healed. And the next day it's like, yeah, but the sickness is back. But then they say the next day it's healed and the sickness is back. This is saying that there was an anointing reserve. That if you have a God encounter, you can tap into that level of anointing and power. That the evil spirits are expelled. I don't, I'm not saying that they will come back. I'm saying that they will be expelled. Pastor David, come here. You were telling me a beautiful testimony the other day. What happened in Montreal? Uh, thank you, Pastor Kofi, so much. Um, real quick, so Thursday, sorry, Tuesday we had service going on, and there was a girl who came in with a cast on. Uh, the girl is like an elite athlete, elite swimmer. She swims for Team Canada. And so she had the cast on, and... Um, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so she came with the cast on, and her foot was purple, and she hadn't walked in a month. She hadn't ran in a month, and basically she was immobile. So after service, uh, or towards the end of service, we told her to sit down. We we're going to pray for her as a church. So we prayed for her as a church, and as she was sitting there, she took off her cask. It wasn't purple anymore. She started running. She started walking. After she went to her coaches, elite athletes, she went to her coaches, and she was supposed to be done. Like she was supposed to be done, and she said, "My pastor told me that God healed me. So let me run, let me swim, let me do everything that I couldn't do before." They couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it. They did an MRI, they did tests. All of it was gone. What I'm telling you that there is an anointing to expel evil spirits. I'm not joking. There is an somebody received that level of anointing. Receive a power, receive a grace, receive an anointing. Let the anointing double, let the power double, let the grace double, let the power double in Jesus' name. There is an anointing to cast out and expel evil spirits. There was an anointing in heaven and I've come to decree and declare upon this exalted altar, the altar that my papa preaches from every week, that that anointing is now given to you. I say receive that power, receive the power, receive the power, receive the power, receive the power. Unusual miracles, be seated, I'm done, give me two minutes. Unusual miracles. Now, why would God give Paul the power to perform unusual miracles? He could perform usual ones. But why unusual ones? It's because the power that God is giving you in this atmosphere is not meant to just be used within the four corners of this hall. Many of us think the power of God is only to be used on like-minded believers. No. The power of God is for your business. The power of God is also for the classroom. The power of God is for your job. The power of God is for that business transaction. That's why when you walk in a room and they say, I don't know why, but I just feel something in the atmosphere. They don't know that there is an unusual anointing that is working. And now get this, the Bible didn't say that Paul had to speak for them to realize he was anointed. The Bible says that the handkerchiefs had to just but touch his hand. So when you walk into a meeting, all you have to do is say, Hi, my name is Kofi Darte. 
I'm so happy to be here. And as you are shaking their hand, there is a power and anointing. Oh my God. There is an anointing. All it takes is one level of communication. You don't have to speak. All it is is that they have to be exposed to what is on the inside of you. And all of a sudden, there are evil spirits in the atmosphere that leave because of an anointing that God is giving you. It's called the unusual power. to show you how to receive this power you can receive it and receive it and receive it but if i don't teach you you won't know how to continually tap into it and refine it number one through prayer prayer is how you tap into unusual power unusual unusual power unusual power somebody say i will pray say i will pray listen prayer is not something you do as a chore prayer is something you do as a believer prayer is to the believer what capital is to the businessman. Prayer is to the believer what capital is to the businessman. Without capital, the businessman is not a businessman. Without prayer, the believer is what? But prayer is the lifeline of every believer. Second thing I'm giving you, let's go over. We have, we're short for time. Through fasting. When you fast, what happens is that you kill your flesh and you allow your spirit to be uh, aware of supernatural things in the spirit. You, your communication with God becomes clearer through fasting. That's why the Bible would say it like this in Matthew 17 verses 21. That this kind only can be cast out through fasting and through prayer. Somebody say fasting. And say prayer. There is a situation, and I don't know what you're going through, but everybody in their life has a situation called this kind. Everybody in their life has a mountain that they've tried to push aside, but it's still a mountain. A difficulty that they've tried to get away with, but it's still a difficulty. It's because like the seven sons of Sceva, they thought that by doing the same things, they would get the same results, but they didn't realize that with that kind, it only came out through fasting and prayer. When you fast and pray, you tap into a level of power. I prophesy that as you begin to fast and pray, that unusual anointing will sit upon you. It will sit upon you. Lastly, through selection. Through selection. Ephesians 4 tells us easily that when it comes to the body of Christ, God has given some apostles, and to some prophets, and to some evangelists, some teachers, and you know, all the fivefolds, prophets, and on and on. It says it gives all these, these giftings. It talks about the nine gifts of the Spirit and gives away all these giftings. And the last line of that verse says, as the Spirit of the Lord wills. Meaning that when it comes to an unusual anointing, some of us have to fast and pray. But for some of us, we can begin to petition heaven. And as we petition heaven, the Spirit of the Lord can decide to say, by way of selection, I'm just going to endow you with this anointing and with this power just because I'm God. Now, I want to teach you that there is a way that you can petition heaven for an unusual anointing, for an unusual breakthrough. And that is through desperate prayer. 
when you begin to have a desperation in your prayer life, God begins to open up the heaven and say, there is a voice that is coming to me. And that voice is not a normal voice. That voice is a voice that's crying out in the wilderness. That voice is a voice that is coming to me that's saying that I'm desperate for a move of God. Anybody desperate for an unusual anointing. I know you've been receiving and receiving, but until you know how to tap into it, it doesn't work for you as effectively as it should. If you want an unusual anointing to be upon your life, hop up on your feet right now. We are going to pray to God and petition heaven. I didn't get to finish this. I'll finish this another time and go into depth. You are going to pray and petition heaven. If the Spirit of the Lord can decide who he gives gifts to. That means that as you petition heaven and as you pray to God, you can ask God for an unusual anointing like Paul to come and rest upon you. Now, I don't... I, I, I wish that you would petition heaven with everything that you have. And ask God for an unusual anointing. If you want an unusual anointing, just come up to the front here. You say, I just want an unusual anointing. I, just want, I want you to pray to God at this altar. Just, I just want an unusual anointing. An unusual anointing. What will an unusual anointing do for you? An unusual anointing will cast out that unusual devil. It will bring down that impossible situation. That unusual anointing upon you, what it will do is it makes you different from the rest. Please, there's space. There's a lot. You can come to right to the front of the edge. An unusual anointing, it causes you to stand out amongst your peers. When Paul was moving around and doing miracles, I spoke to you the other time that there was a man called Apollos and Apollos was also moving in the realms of the spirit. Bible says, Paul planted the seed, like I said last week. Then what? Apollos came and he watered the seed and God brought the increase. That means that Apollos was also moving in the realms of the spirit. But how come when it came to this casting out of the devil that they didn't say that Paul I know, Apollos I know because there was a level of anointing that Paul tapped into. Even amongst his peers, he stood tall. I prophesy you're going to stand tall amongst your peers. Even around people around you, there's going to be an unusual anointing upon your life. I'll give you two minutes. Come on, begin to cry out to God for an unusual anointing. Thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us, visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.